I still sound good, but why is it that every three times I log into my computer, Discord and OBS are reset to not my audio inputs and exports that I've been using? I don't... It's every single... Maybe I should just stop Windows from updating. Because it updated last night, and that must be it. Maybe, but... Hmm. But like, why? I mean, why is that? Setting? If you're not testing, you know, if you're not testing it every day, it's hard to know what could happen in the intervening time. You know. Anyway, I don't want to. the The troubleshooting minute is <laughs> not a minute anyone wants to listen to. It's a, it's it's an episode one through two hundred item, and now um, is no longer interesting to anyone. Um, Man, I wish that my OBS had been recording my amazing songs and stuff that apparently Michael could hear the whole time, but I couldn't. I mean, I mean we could hear. Yeah, we typed in the, the Discord like, hey, we can hear you, man. And I don't get it. Can't. I'm like, how do you? You reading the Kindle Here's how it is, man. and this other thing. Start the this... recording. Start the recording. I'm going to tell you okay. how this is. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's on. Here's how that works. Okay. Kids don't have a bunch of other useless information filling up their mind like we do. That's uh-huh. what it is. When uh-huh. I was a little kid, I could juggle 15 different things because I didn't know like the square root of 64 <laughs> and how to do calculus. You didn't know. <laughs> and now that I know those things, yeah. I can't juggle five books at a time. Your brain and didn't... also be friends with 10 other kids who I've met <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> like, that's just not yeah. a thing anymore. I can tell you the Newton meters required to torque down the bike seat that I got uh, because, you know, it's that is now in my memory forever for some reason. Right. Like, I, you know, I, I can tell you a whole bunch of stuff about, like, how I do my job and the things I work at, but, like, I can't tell you any of my coworkers' birthdays or, like, uh, how anything, like, all my interpersonal relationships work. Like, I don't know. <laughs> who are these people that I meet? Like, I don't, don't memory, know any of that stuff. Memory is a zero-sum game, you guys. Uh-huh. And I am starting... can use all of it on yep. stuff like that, and yep. we can't. That's why. I think I'm starting to believe that maybe um, the brain is more like, uh, you know, like N-A-N-D flash and I've only got a certain amount of rights and things are getting up there. You know what I mean? Some of those some of those sectors are bad now, man. It's just like (laughs) you have one like really embarrassing moment in childhood. It just gets burned into that sector forever. Now, now you can't get rid of that memory, even though it's useless and doesn't help you in any way. It's still stuck there. Sorry. Yeah. But of course, when you need to remember something bad sector. I've seen yeah, exactly. a lot of beer spilled on this circuit board. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Oh boy! Well, welcome to episode 322 of We Were Gamers. Uh, since we're talking about bicycles, can we talk about bicycles? Sure. Uh, I'm bad at riding bicycles, so yes. I loved hearing that anecdote when we saw you. Um, I I. I've never I thought this understood. was known. I didn't know you didn't know. I didn't That's know that you were bad at riding bicycles until I was just, it's amazing and fun people. This is a suggestion to you. A, we were gamers approved suggestion. Find out more stuff about your friends, even after they've been your friends for like 20 years. Yeah. See, just, just hang out, have conversations and find out. Uh, I never learned how to ride a bike. And you'd be like, what? Ah, so see, like that part isn't true. I learned how to ride a bike. I just then <laughs> did it for like three years when I was a kid and then never again until I was 30. <laughs> I don't know how that works out, but uh, 
you know they say riding a bike is like riding a bike and in that i can technically do it that's fine (laughs) but am i good or like you know able to do gears or hills or things of those natures maybe no is the answer (laughs) well maybe friend uh the electric bike is for you okay i got an electric bike and i gotta say i love it now hold on when you say got i i absconded with one did it fall off a truck or did you like get purchase bikes it now well so i know some people who have gotten them through like not illegal means but like nefarious government pro no no like completely legal means but like it seems shady in that they like got them through a government program that doesn't feel like it was designed for them. They knew a guy. Huh. Okay. I purchased mine through a large re- multinational retailer. Okay. I got I it is I it is made by a reputable company w- with parts from themselves and another reputable company. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, okay. I so have been you reading a lot actually about um garage fires recently. I don't know if you have noticed this, but many a house fire these days is no longer in the kitchen, it is actually in the garage. And what seems to be the largest culprit recently is actually e-bikes. Um people leave the batteries plugged in too long and they explode. Cheap e-bikes like, "Oh, I got this e-bike at Costco for $110 and it's, you know, made in a factory in another country that doesn't have any safety or quality control. Um, like those hoverboards people were buying that were exploding. Oh and stuff. yeah. Gee, gee, it's like the same thing all over again. And the company's found a way to get back in the game. Uh, yeah. Most of the garage fires are batteries with uh, thermal runaway that have been left plugged in for hours and hours and hours. Mine is made by a reputable company who contracted uh, we'll just say Panasonic because they're one of the most known names in batteries. Not uh, infallible. Um, Samsung and Panasonic make batteries that do have problems. I don't know if you remember those Samsung, uh, what were they, galaxies that were like expanding and catching yeah, fire? Yeah, those were catching fire. But, yeah. yeah, those were bad. I mean, it's not, they're not infallible, but at least the companies are responsible and come to the fore and uh, deal with the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fear of mine. So I went to a big retailer and found one that was on sale, and I bought it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to learn about e-bikes. I don't know how deep we want to go into it, but the classifications of e-bikes and how they run, and what's what's an e-bike and what's a moped, and there's a crazy, crazy world out there about e-bikes uh, that I learned a lot about. And it's real cool. And if people want to hear more about it, maybe they maybe they email and then I'll talk more about it. But I mean, I, I want to be I want to just talk about it some a little bit really quick here. Like, how far are you going and how much range could you get in theory? Uh, Well, so I decided on a class one bicycle, which essentially means it is a full on bicycle. It is legally allowed in the United States everywhere a bicycle is allowed including with the with it turned on and operational and the only way that it can function is it assists you while you are pedaling so the range is technically infinite because it is just a bicycle but okay if you want uh if you want economic 
pedal assist, so like the lowest grade of assistance that it can give you, it's something in the range of 50 to 60 miles. What if the hill is really tall and I'm lazy? You turn it up to uh, aggressive mode, and then you probably get like 30 to 40 miles. Okay, so 30 to 40 miles is what we're talking about here. Yeah. And they, uh, since it's from a, a real company, they actually have an app and you can Bluetooth to the battery and change the response curves and make it even stronger. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I like that. And so then you have used it a non-zero number of times. I have. How are you liking it so far? I have not had a bicycle bicycle. I think, Michael, you might remember my bike was like a BMX 20-inch bike. Yeah, I remember. You had dirt bikes, yeah. I have, yeah, so I have like a BMX pedal bike and I have dirt bikes and all that sort of stuff. And I actually looked into like class three e-bikes, which are basically mopeds. And I sat on one and I was like, this isn't a bicycle, it's a motorcycle. So I kind of backed away from those, um, especially because I tried all the bikes with the, the batteries turned off. And some of those are horrendous to ride without electronics turned on. Um. But the the previous experience I had with a bike was like something that was made for adults, but was small and made for like off-road racing and stuff like that. So that one went to the kidlet. And uh, this is a much larger, bigger bike with long pedal stroke. I like it quite a bit. I have not ridden a bike like this in a while. It was very comfortable. It makes me want to ride a bicycle more now instead of before when I was like, I get really tired riding my bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the being old part right there. Yeah, but th- we're talking about things like, okay, well, you know, the kids love riding their bike. And so we live not that far from a grocery store. Why don't we all ride over there? You know, why don't we yeah. ride up to uh, like a Target or a this or a that and, you know, throw stuff on the back because it came with a mine came with like a little cargo rack installed on it, welded on there. Uh, okay. That sounds very similar to the one um, my wife's parents have that yeah. has like a, they can, you know, they do like, hey, they're going to do a, they do an 11 mile bike ride today for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I would imagine doing an 11 mile bike ride for me personally on this would be no problem. Uh, I'm just going to send, I'm going to send you the link so you can see the bike, but uh, we don't have to talk this about is how, This is how they describe it. It's like. Yeah, it, no big deal. And I'm not yeah. clear like how much of it is pedaling and how much of it is not. Yeah. I then also know my wife's mother got injured on it. So, you know, mm. like a bicycle, you can still hurt yourself. Oh, I'm and sure these you are can. worse because they're heavier. They're they, yeah, this one weighs about fifty pounds and it doesn't even have like a throttle. The motor is not very large because it's part of the pedal assembly instead of part of the hub in the back. Um it still clocks in at 50 pounds, but like 15 of that's the battery, you know? Um, right, yeah. I want to say this looks, I've, I've only seen, they have two different bikes each, like mm-hmm. the, the, my wife's uh, mom and dad each have different ones. And I want to say this looks pretty similar to one of those. Not I like love, the same brand, I don't think, but it's yeah. like the idea of it with the little they, slide a lot battery of them thing similar. Is similar. I mean, they really have started to factor in the design of the battery and it makes the shape of most of the bikes the same. Uh, I love that this came with front suspension. I've never had a bike. I've had a motorcycle, obviously, with suspension. Um, that's different because you're pedaling and stuff. Like, usually you don't have suspension on a bike, bicycle, uh, and it really makes a difference in the front. 
when you just like hit a little bump and no problem, whatever. Um, cool. Yeah, I highly recommend if if people are in the market for a bike, find one that's in your price range, but consider an e-bike. It's it's uh it was it's been fun. It's changed my perspective on biking places with people. Ta-da! <laughs> I don't know why we why did we get on this? Oh, cuz I talked about Newton meters. Every yes, the, the point the point of this story, I don't know if you can find uh, one of the pictures on this listing that I posted, but uh, almost every screw on this bicycle, I've never seen this before in my life. Uh, go to the one with the handlebars, uh, like an up-close one. Every single screw that is essential for taking weight or something like that has on it, next to it, a printed uh, Newton meter I've never seen that before in my life. You know what this is about? I I know why this is, I think. That could be wrong, but I, I think I know why. Hello? I'm listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting. Oh, okay, okay, we okay. Were, Sorry, we were I didn't waiting. know if I cut out there. I was worried. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we were curious uh, why you knew I, what it was about. I, I think it's for maintenance, not for you, for technicians. When uh, you take it to a bike shop, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, uh, I don't know how hard to torque this thing. And then they're just going to tighten it down a bunch and break it. And that happens. Over tightening stuff is a scourge in engineering. It's mm. bad. Okay. Actively bad. Yeah. Well, I personally am a large fan of this because I have a set of torque wrenches in the garage that go from Newton meters all the way through like pounds. And you just and you just set it and it just does it, man. Yeah. It's cool. It's beautiful. Perfect. I'm really happy because I need to I need to adjust some stuff like. The handlebars came, but they're not perfectly straight, and I want to straighten them. So I, I can just untorque those and torque them right back, and I know that I got it right. And you're worried. And now, like, because see, me, I'm like, so if I adjust this and tighten it back down, am I going to worry if, like, this handlebar is going to, like, come loose while I'm doing a thing? And, like, now I'm going to go, you know, face over and crash and all this stuff because I loosened the handlebars or whatever? Yeah. The point of this story, even though the e-bike is cool, and I would talk about it more if people want to know more about it because I did literal months of research on it. Um, you know, I down to like the tires that came with each bike that I considered the coolest thing about it when I finally got it was like, whoa, there's Newton meters for every screw on this bicycle. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a dream for maintaining it yourself. I think everyone should have to do this for items that matter. Obviously like your office chair doesn't need it. Just hand tighten it, whatever. Uh, but like knowing my seat post is not going to collapse is a great, great thing. And that it didn't over tighten it. Like you said, we got to get off this. We got to talk about a zillion things today. I don't even know where to begin. So may, mm, do we do more champions of the continent so people can tune us out right away? Or do we talk about the new, <laughs> do we talk about the new stuff? Let's talk about the new stuff. Michael. The new stuff. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Michael. Which got? Um, do, oh God, I was trying to tie electric bicycles into, no, it's not going to work. Tell me about the Sandman. Uh, you had it, you had a good opportunity. It was, do you dream of electric bicycles? I, I was working on that one. Dang. I was, I was trying of that transition. I was trying to 
do do well see because the whole thing is do android stream of electric sheep and i was right. trying to figure out how to use do does the sandman dream of electric bicycles um but it didn't feel like it worked because the sandman's really not that type of thing having read only the first of five trade large trades of the sandman i'm not an expert but i do know he's not that into electronics no, he's kind of an old school guy. Yeah, a little bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> About as old as it gets. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, we started watching the uh, the first couple episodes of the new Sandman adaptation on Netflix. And it's, it is really well done. Have you read the story before? Or, JJ, have you read the story before? Uh, so, I own, I own the full story in, oh. like... 10 10 or 11 editions okay, so not so the, the not the real big editions but the smaller ones you got the thin trades yeah yes cool so have you read have you read them yes yeah so i've had them okay. for a while okay um, i have known about this story for like a million years and it was always like oh if there's like a good edition of this that comes out in the future i will definitely get it jj then, your dream has come true never done that your your and my dream have come true there is a new edition that has come out in five volumes and even retail wise, they're not that expensive, and you yeah. can probably and get it's, them cheaper. I've seen it; they're very nice. Yeah. Okay. So wanna, it might be time for both of us to commit. Just uh, Amazon.com <laughs> add to cart. Uh, okay. So a faithful, not faithful. So, um, yeah, I, I, I there's a chance to, I watch this, so I would yeah, yeah, yeah. non spoilerish. Yeah, I, I will do non spoilery. Um, I listened to an interview uh, with Neil Gaiman, who is the the creator of Sandman. He pinned uh, all of the the originals uh, back in the day, and it it's an interesting blend of direct story from the comics with stories that either they you know at the time they couldn't tell or they're leveraging the medium of being on television to expand on a story that got less time in the comics so it's a blend of of different stories and the the amount that they draw on the comics varies from episode to episode huh did he help pen the news stories he did he was he was directly involved with uh, with writing the show. Well, that's okay, that for be me. My next question. Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah. And he actually uh, he fought. Um, this was part of the interview, and I found it interesting. Um, uh, several decades ago, now he fought the original pitch to turn it into a movie. I think they were that Warner Brothers uh, had bought the rights. And wanted to make it into a movie. And so he went into the his like first meeting with the studio and act, he asked them, can we not make this? Oh, because he was still they were still trying to get um, the whole series hadn't hadn't been finished yet. And he was still trying to get the comic and the community around the comic off the ground. Mm. And he okay. felt that turning it into a movie that soon would have undercut that effort. Get a little bit of a Constantine problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, over the years, there were several different attempts to make it. And, and he 
was kind of opposed to to all of them until you know the the time and the studio were all in alignment is this the guy and i don't remember who has famously been like my stuff is unfilmable and i write it that way intentionally no because several of his books have been made into tv shows or movies Okay, American Gods is his stuff. American also, Gods right? is also a yeah, show already. Yes. Um, uh, Coraline is his. Um, swamp. They're making uh, there hasn't an- been a Anansi swamp. Boys. Oh yeah, there hasn't been a swamp thing uh, adaptation, as far as I know. Right. There have been really I mean, he's old re- movies of Swamp Thing, right? Like no, I know, but his 80s? his uh, I don't I don't I don't want to like be his too, version of it or something. So yeah. I don't want to be too strong in saying that it launched him into fame. Uh, but he adapted, he re like re brought out Swamp. I don't know if you remember um, Kevin Smith relaunching uh, Green Arrow and how that really reinvigorated the character. Uh, I do know. I have that uh, trade over here. Okay, so so they went to Neil Gaiman and said, "Hey, Swamp Thing's kind of a joke. Can you write a Swamp Thing book?" And he goes, "Uh, that's a cool challenge. Uh, sure, I'll write it with um, gosh, what's his name? Jamie something. I don't remember his name. I I'm not very good at this stuff. People they're out there that know comics better than me. Go for it. I just know like the tertiary." Top level stuff, and then I have all of the game and Swamp Thing stuff because it is really uh, redefines Swamp Thing as a person and not just a monster uh, for the WB MonsterVerse, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of ended Swamp Thing as a separate character, but it also made him into like a respectable part of the DC f- franchises. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. Uh, anyway, Jamie Jamie Delano is who you're after. Oh, Jamie Delano. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, he's like a Doctor Who guy. Jamie Delano, I'm pretty sure. And uh, I'm trying to remember stuff off the top of my head. That's a bad bad sign. Don't let me do it. Move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, comics so I would, are cool. I, I oh, Hellblazer. Jamie, Jamie Delano's Hell, Hellblazer. John, we talked yes, about Constantine. This is why things stick in my head. Uh, <laughs> right? We talked about Constantine. I made a Constantine joke, and then my head goes, you should talk about Swamp Thing because of that Jamie guy. And then the Jamie guy is connected because of Constantine. It, it all comes full circle. All you got to do is wait. I'll get there eventually. That e-bike is climbing up the hill. It's uh, it's forever. It's running up, Running up that hill. Yeah. Uh, oh hey nice yeah we're talking about netflix there you go see good joke i got it (sighs) i got stung by a yellow jacket you guys that sucks yeah that's just an aside jj comics we're talking (laughs) yeah talking about comics uh you like that transition yes great (laughs) i did not get stung by a yellow jacket but i did read a comic book uh I we Comic Con passed recently, uh, and I typically like to during Comic Con see if there's like some random trades of something that are interesting to me. Uh, and in the past several years, or the past several Comic Cons, 
I had gravitated towards like classic Batman story arcs that I had never read. Mm-hmm. Um, Long Halloween, uh, Batman Year One, you know, some of these like old and famous ones. Yeah, the Year One's not that old, but it is famous. Uh, another one that is older, uh, but also famous, is The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, and buddy, I, welcome to Frank I had Miller. Never read that. Yeah, uh, and so I read uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, <laughs> I took. Yeah. I would like to point this out. This book is is important enough that I took a college course on it. I'm not joking you. I believe you. It the, it has a it, the fact that it has I mean this is some anniversary edition or whatever cuz it's been however many millions of years since this was printed. Uh, I was born the year it came out, 1986. Yeah, I was going to say it came out in the 80s very clearly. Mhm. Mm. Um but we, it's so interesting yeah. to see the imagination of the future at that time. Mm, and like mm-hmm. what they thought yeah. it was going to be like. Sure. Uh, uh, Cause like, <laughs> well, hold on. No, what Frank Miller <laughs> thought it would be like, is that sure? <laughs> be clear who we're talking ta- about. Take, take RoboCop and times 10, the, the tragedy. You know, Batman, who is basically a giant slab of beef to get punched throughout the entire, you know, uh, thing and yeah i mean that's kind of what it is uh, similar in some ways to year one but you can tell uh in batman year one he had definitely refined his writing a little bit well he goes from he goes from this uh batman dark knight returns to dark knight strikes again in like the 2000s and you really see the jump start to happen there and then 2000 ugh, i was in college or it, I think it was in yep. college that Batman Year One came out because I remember seeing it in a comic book store. So uh, it's probably around two thousand six or so. I'm not going to look it up. So anyway, all all of this is to say that uh, that's a fun storyline. Um, but it's is it tough? It's, well, so <laughs> you know, it is a good it's a good read. Whether it doesn't make you happy or like you know you're having a great time reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that you can appreciate stuff that is good uh, and good for a time separately from whether, you know, it brings you like, you're like, oh, heck yeah, man, this is great. Like, you know, mm. um, I I really had a good time reading it. I haven't read a comic book in probably a couple of years there. Um, and yeah, that was nice. I, uh, I think it, that it is uh, funny, part of though, the story and- for people that missed our reviews of, uh, the horrendous Zack Snyder film, uh, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, or whatever it was. BBS DOJ EU. Yeah. Part of the aesthetics <laughs> for that film come from this, where Batman tries to create the metal suit and fight Superman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a lot of that and, comes and from like, this. He come and he fights Superman in this, like, spoiler alert, for a... 40, 50 year old, 40 year old book, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, I think the thing that isn't conveyed and like the thing that Zack Snyder got wrong about this book or that maybe popular imagination gets wrong about it is like, yeah, it's very like gritty and, you know, it's like Frank Miller's all er, tough and it's like it's, crime is real and it hurts and like Batman is sad. And like, yeah, but like, it's not portrayed as like, good necessarily no like batman's kind of a psychopath in this and like everyone is kind of like dude this is messed up 
I think we should talk about this. This is something that came up in that class and something that I started to realize about Frank Miller. I don't necessarily like Frank Miller. I think a lot of it is childish and not sometimes well-written and kind of silly. And the twists mm-hmm. that he puts in stuff would make no sense oh, yeah, and aren't needed. Mm-hmm. But Frank Miller has an amazing capacity to show you something in its most farcical and make it seem serious and cool. And just like, oh man, Bro, Batman this... at what at some point in this in this comic book, Batman rides a horse and it is an amazing comic book panel where you see Batman on a horse. Yep. And you're and like you're like this is the this coolest is thing I've ever seen. So cool. And then you think about it for 10 seconds and you're like this is moronic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, and, you know, but and and yeah. Miller will take things directly to the edge. I mean, in this comic book, he uh what does he do? He paralyzes the Joker, I think. Dude, Batman murders the Joker. <laughs> no, he doesn't murder the Joker. Uh Joker breaks his own neck. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Batman paralyzes him and then the Joker while Batman's hands are on him like yeah. so that forcibly Joker. twists himself to kill himself. And yeah. and like Frank Miller has a, an ability to take properties like this and really turn them on their head in surprisingly reflective ways, even though what you see on the panel is sometimes so ridiculous, it feels like a joke. Um, and so I don't know if I like Frank Miller or not. I've read almost everything he's written. I'm not sure I've read Dark Knight 3. I can't remember. I haven't read... Um, I haven't read, so I, th- I've read now this one and I've read year one. I haven't read either of the others. I mean, I've um, read all of Sin City. Um, yeah, I, I know Sin City through the movies and I think I'm not gonna, is my take on that one. So what's funny about Sin City, the movies is that it takes from the three best Frank Miller comics and makes an okay ish movie out of them. And, um, the other comics are like, meh. You know? <laughs> the, yeah. But the three comics it takes from are actually better than the, the movie. So I don't, I don't know. You know? I don't know. Yeah. I'm Anyway, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a like discussion about Frank Miller, but I... I mean, that leads to Robert Rodriguez, and then we got to talk about all sorts of stuff. Sure. And I, it has been nice going historically back through some of these older Batman novels. What is cool... And, I mean, we were talking about Neil Gaiman, and you put Neil Gaiman yeah. and Frank Miller against each other, and they are maybe the most polar opposite comic book writers you can think of. Uh, I don't have a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff, but I know he's definitely... Uh, I I feel like Frank Miller is terse and likes to show things, and am I wrong to say that Neil Gaiman will talk more? Oh, I mean, his, like, he is definitely a uh, he's a lover of the word of the written yeah. word um, but his his prose is is enchanting when he wants it to be yeah i i don't remember him and again i haven't read most of his things but i don't remember him being up to the level of like some people who are just novelists like alan moore and some of those people who just like write a bunch of books and then they like fit art in the corner you know <laughs> um <laughs> 
<laughs> I was. Uh, I do remember I was sitting here like thinking about Alan Moore. I was like, how does Alan Moore fit in this discussion? <laughs> I, I mean, like I've read some. You know, I like Alan Moore's stuff too, but he, uh, the man, can write a novel. Just yeah. write a novel, man. You don't need the art here. Like it's not. I mean, it is cool, and I do like it. In some of the ones that he's written, some of them also are kind of weird. He's a weird guy. Um, I'm not um, here to defend Alan Moore. Uh, yeah, but, he, he's not. He's he, I, there's not every screw in in that cage. Yeah, uh, but you know, I I feel like Neil Gaiman is is not quite that bad. He there's some beautiful art in his books as well. Um, oh, for is, sure. Uh, the medium <laughs> the medium of comics sort of needs a balance there. Otherwise, you're just writing books, and like nothing wrong against writing books. Hey, write a book if you want to write a book, right? Yeah. No, the medium, the medium, oh, we've had this discussion before, um, a f- good friend of the podcast and, uh, of mine, uh, Ken Dixon has put forward some good ideas about what makes a good comic and really sparked some discussion about like art versus words and where the balance lies. And he, I mean, he has a very strong opinion that it's art over words, but I think, that it's a very cool discussion to have long-term. If you are into comics, ask your friends, which type of comic you like better. One that focuses on art or one that focuses on words. Cause I think of, I think of like a Frank Miller and the spiritual successor to him that makes stuff that I like would be a, a jock instead. And I think of like a, an Alan Moore and spiritual successors to him, like John Jackson Miller and a couple other people. And, um, and I, I love both ends of those spectrums, and I don't know which one makes a comic that appeals to people more. And it's kind of fun little uh, brain project. If you guys like comics, you should talk to your friends about. You know? Uh, God. Okay, so we talked about Frank Miller, and then we talked about uh, the horrible uh, Batman versus Superman that stole aesthetics from it and didn't didn't decide that the story was a farce and that it should pay attention to that fact. And unfortunately, a uh, really good actor who we like on this show for playing the Witcher is Superman in that movie. Henry Cavill. That's the longest transition of my life right there. <laughs> Henry Cavill is a super cool dude. I think, um, God, I hope I don't have to eat those words someday because famous people always screw it up, but he seems like a cool dude. And uh, he likes playing computer games and painting Warhammer miniatures, which is why I'm pretty confident in saying he seems like a pretty cool dude. And he grows a crappy beard like me. Uh, I sent you what guys a picture. Henry, if you're out there and would like to join us on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if Henry wants to join us on the show, I got to ask him about this PC setup that he built. I sent you guys the picture. First of all, the man is using Noctua fans, and uh, for those that remember component class on this show, I use Noctua fans, so we're instant best friends. However, in this photograph, I want you all to look at, he's got two sticks of RAM, which is cool. They look like they're separated correctly into the B slots or A slots or whatever that computer uses. He's got uh, intake fans. He's got a really cool... Uh, Michael and I get to be best buds with him. He's got a fractal case behind him in hey. this picture. He said he had to build a new computer because he kind of 
burned out the other one. He's got his radiator pump mounted correctly with the uh, the cords coming out the side. And then it's mounted to a 360 radiator on the top. Can y'all see what my question to you is going to be? I'm going to play the Wheel of Fortune music right here. Uh, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? I'm guessing from the only other thing that the only other thing in the picture is the video card. Not a video card problem, JJ. Although interestingly, the fans are pointed up. I don't know how that's possible, but maybe he's got a cool uh, backwards mounted board. I don't know. JJ guesses before I answer this. Uh. No, I don't have any guesses. No. Sorry. All right, look at that 360 degree rate, a radi- 360 millimeter radiator. Where are the okay. fans? Uh. Ah, yeah. The fans are on the top side of the case. Oh, interesting. So are they pushing air through into the hot air through into the case? Or are they trying to pull air out of that radiator out of the case? I assume out. You would assume so. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put fans on the top to to try and force air in and out no. some other direction. That just right unless that those front f- unless those front fans are exhaust. But that wouldn't make any sense to blow hot air down onto the video card. Which with this picture, you'd be blowing air from the video card up into right. those fans. I I don't know. Maybe you two know. Does this work trying to exhaust your radiator from the top? Because I have my fans fans mounted underneath, radiator mounted to the top, and fans blowing through it out. Well, airflow through airflow through a fan is is the same on one side of it versus the other. You have to pull in the same amount of air that you're pushing out the other side. This is why I'm so, asking the engineers a question. <laughs> so having them on the top side probably pulls in almost as much heat as having them on the bottom side and blowing it out through the top like you'll lose a little bit through that gap in the sides but that you'd lose that anyway um even with the fans on the bottom you would with your knowledge of uh aerodynamics expect this to be equally as effective as blowing air through it i mean air has to go somewhere right the question is if you're doing positive pressure or negative pressure and so this is this applies negative pressure to the case right it's pulling the air out okay and if the other ones are pushing it in from the front then i mean the you got to get to zero right and so like that is probably okay assuming assuming the fans would be the same distance from the radiator if they were mounted on the other side then it should be the same so the fans are mounted to the radiator either way, right? These fans right. are on the radiator. And so assuming that Henry is a cool dude and and these are exhaust fans because that's the way this should work, right? Heat should go up and out instead of being pushed down through the radiator. Um, then... So, I mean, you could also push the cool air outside the case down through the radiator and then, like, out the back of the case, for instance. Well, then you would, that would only be one 120 mil fan. I looked up this case. It would be a 120 mil fan. Right, so that, the, wouldn't, that wouldn't and work. And then in this case, you're running what positive pressure, right? Where you're pushing air in from multiple directions and then it's forced out the back due to the 
incoming pressure differential. So you'd be over over producing air, and your fan in the back would just sort of be there. It wouldn't really be doing much because you'd actually be using pressure to push the air out instead of the fan. I guess I I don't. Then there's a whole bunch of other questions of like you know like what is the air tightness of this and is are these fans powerful enough to actually do that? I have personally not seen this setup before, and thought I would ask two engineers whether or not it would work at all. And so that's there's our answer, right? There's component class for the day. Thank you, Henry Cavill, for component class. <sighs> All right, it's time for people to leave us because um, we're going to talk about more Champions of the Continent. I don't think Henry plays Champions of the Continent. You know what? Let's go. Do you, do you think he plays the Witcher games? He probably does. I'm sure he does. I think I'm sure, sure he was, I'm there's sure he video was playing. of him playing it. Yeah, well, I know he's read the novels. I just I assume he's played the game. I'm sure he's played the game. He played at least one of the games long before the show was even yeah. an idea. There's video of him playing The Witcher 3 okay. on the internet. I'm pretty I, sure. I love that. All right, guys. Speaking of video games, Champions of the Continent, Octopath Traveler. Um, this game does not support controllers. Okay. I think, however, it makes the game better. That it doesn't? Yes, because it requires then that the producers of this game consider it only as a mobile game and don't try to put stuff in there and be like, well, if you have a controller connected, it'll work out fine. I mean, in my experience, the swiping and stuff has been perfectly fine. One hundred percent. Yes. But I I think. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think I think kind of what you're getting at, Andy, is to contrast it with those games that do have a controller mentality um, when they're being designed or ported for mobile and just have like the overlay of the buttons on either side of the the image on the screen. Horrible. Yeah, I've never been a fan of that. This game, thinking down to things like touch the mini map and tap where you want to go. And a real looking game will just move you there is a pretty genius idea. I'm surprised at uh, square for trying this hard. I'm impressed. The game is fun. The combat, not so hard considering uh, that if you do the find a Kate feature, you'll be over leveled instantaneously. Mm hmm. Um, I finished the marvelous cha- first chapter. Okay, so this is going to be my question. What? Yeah, is it how far are you? Uh, yeah. So I I went into the first dungeon. I fought a bunch of uh, thespians. Mm-hmm. I got the first uh, bit of Mister August Sama's story. I really like that the story is segmented into tiny compartments, even though it doesn't feel like it. I mean, watching some of these videos, they're like 10 minutes long of like people talking to each other. It's like, jeez, guys, break it up. This this dude and that dude really don't like each other. I get it. But hey, it's a game with full story, and that's what's going to happen. I get it. Um, after I finished that chapter, the game opened up quite a bit. 
I now have many, 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 many exclamation points all over my screen. Yes. One, how do I tell which traveler's story these things on my screen are? Do I just talk to the people? Yeah, you can just, if you can talk to the person when you see the icon over their head and it'll pop up the little description card for who they are and what their quest is. And don't tell me which traveler, because I don't want to do every traveler's story. I just want the like five star ones of the people that I'm going to care about long term. Uh, you may eventually decide you want to do them because that currency. Oh, well, so you, that was going to be my next question. But go ahead, Michael. You should definitely at least do the prologue of as many stories as you have access to, because uh, unlike completing the other three parts of the story, completing the prologue gives you points in whatever of the three alignments that character is tied to. So you get power, wealth or fame. Oh, and you need that for sure. But more more important than that, uh, although I don't, I don't think you get... Do you get rubies for the prologue? You get rubies for the other parts, I know. Okay. Uh, you might get rubies for the prologue. It's it's not many rubies, to be clear. Sure. Um, so if you're talking about, like, prioritizing quests, I think what you should do is, if you haven't, do the Nameless Town stuff. Which is, what, doing more story until Nameless Town comes up? Yeah, so, you're going to have to do a little more story. Of uh, okay. August Sama? Uh, all three, I think. To to be able to get to the point in Nameless Town um, that really helps boost your progress, you'll have to proceed beyond the the three-way split in the story. So, but there are some parts of the Nameless Town you can start uh, early. Yes. And I don't know which ones of those you have, Andrew, but... You I may want to do those. I don't know how to find out. I mean, I've got my game open. You tell me what so to in, look for. In so your quest in, list. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michael, you got it. Yeah, I was going to say, go into your quest list, and you should see there are three different kinds. Well, you can oh. sort by the three options on the left-hand side. Oh, I see. I've um, got Master of uh, Fame, Master of Wealth, Master of Power, uh, Nameless Town, Seen in a Dream. There you go. So the Nameless Town stuff, I think, always shows up under the side story tab if you filter it out. But it also it's got its own icon, which I think is just a single ring around an exclamation point. Yep. That's side quest. Yep. Yeah. So so do those side quest ones for the Nameless Town first. How do I find out if I hit a block in that what I have to do next? You won't have more of them. Yes. The side quests will stop. This game auto finds quests for you if they're available. And it to just puts it knowledge. in this list, huh? Yes, it does. That is correct, JJ. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So you don't I, have to go searching around for which person to talk to. Just follow the thing to the place. Oh, okay. Uh I I love that. I love I I'm I am falling for this game very quickly. I I like I didn't like when I was in the middle of chapter 1 that I couldn't for two or three days back out and go to the smithy and turn in all my stuff because i can't play this game very quickly i play it at night before bed or like for 15 minutes while i'm waiting for something i mean it's not something that i get a ton of time to play which is why i sit here asking you questions uh three weeks after you guys are way 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 ahead of me so there are some points in all of those in every chapter at least that i've come across where you can just like not do it and go do something else yeah, I just don't know how to, like, I'm in the middle of this dungeon. How do I back out of it, you know? Think you, you just hit the world map and just go. Oh, I didn't know that yeah. was an option. 
Yeah, fa- you can fast travel to anything on the world map that isn't one of those two color diamonds. Where's the world map? Uh, it's in your menu at the bottom. I don't have that option. Do I have to like go outside the town to see it first? I don't. Huh, so you don't... it does get the world map does get unlocked at some point. Uh, um, I haven't unlocked it yet. Is I it did... possible he hasn't unlocked it? I thought it it's happens possible. like. No, because I I thought it happened at the very latest. I thought it happened after you finish chapter one of whichever story you start. Well, I unlocked chapter one of my story and I didn't get the unlock for unlocking chapter one of my story either. Because like, if you oh, go so wait, the, wait, you didn't finish it then. Uh Oh, no, I did it. Now it has unlocked. I don't know. It didn't it didn't uh, it didn't unlock yesterday, but now it says except on the. So your menu, your menu across the bottom, do you have five icons or six? One, uh, guide, influence, feats, or... Oh, no, 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 wrong menu. Back out to the top level menu. Menu, party, quest, memoir, find, hint. Okay, Okay. he doesn't have it. Yeah, you have another world map should be right there. Oh, there you go. I don't have a world map yet. Uh, I did, however, get access to memoirs. How much time should I spend in there? Obviously, I think the point you're making is Nameless Town only from now on until I get Nameless Town unlocked. I get that. Uh, Beyond that, if I run out of Nameless Town or stuff, what do I focus on next? So you want to keep pushing actually a little bit beyond just opening up the, the extra parts of Nameless Town until you unlock Hunts. So oh, uh, don't unlock Nameless Town. Unlock Hunts. No, no. Continue. Continue. Those are to the same Nameless thing. Town, and you have to you have to progress the main story to do that. But you will reach a point where you have unlocked all of the things that you can for Nameless Town. But you want to keep progressing the main story. Main quickly. story being the chapter that I've chosen to start for Fame. I just continue chapters to one, fame. two, chapters one, two, and three of Fame, Wealth, and Power. Do yes. all of them. Oh. All three of each, not just all three of one. Yes. Yes. You and you can move. you can choose to go forward in your one or sideways to do the other ones. I don't think it matters. Um, no, but I think it goes if you go on rather than across. I think it gets hard, it gets more difficult quickly. Yeah. The the levels uh, when you click on your quest menu, Andrew, you I got may it. see some yep. quests. Uh, got it. Some yep. rec lev there. Uh, rec level 14. I'm currently 30. Yeah. So again, you know, I'm not going to be too difficult yep. probably, but going up chapters, the numbers go up faster than going sideways. Yeah. Yes. What, what, what levels you guys sitting at these days? It's a great question. Uh, my party right now is mostly around 58 with one character up at 60. I have most people at 40, 40, one at 43, and one at 36. Everyone in my party is 29. Uh, I will say to you, Andrew, uh, especially since 29 sounds like a number that's almost 30, uh, you got any of those nuts lying around? I got a lot. Just, just find your favorite person and just dump all the nuts on them. Why is that? Get those levels, man. Whisper whisper the answer. So part of it has to do with Kate's. Uh, JJ, if if you have the ability, I would get that level 46 up to a 51. Yeah, so I've used all the nuts and Uh, can't can't do that. 
I've, yeah. Oh, so I shouldn't save any for like future five stars or anything. So <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You will. I don't know how much how much you want to know about the nameless town, but you will. Uh, you will unlock a way to get more. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think they become not plentiful, but at least available. Much they more. Become, yeah, they become a daily drop for you. Well, there's also the daily drop of doing the Kate treasures that, in general, it kind of works with. Yeah, yes. and you get those there. You also get money there. Sometimes you get rubies if you're really lucky. Um, yeah, So, but the levels, Andrew, for the Kates, the automatic guaranteed Kates that you get, because there's also apparently ones you can encounter randomly in the wild, uh, those levels for those Kates are based on the single highest level of any character you have. Okay. And uh, those and- Kates get way, way way better when you hit certain breakpoints that they do uh and i've heard that it doesn't that high level character doesn't have to be in your party why do kates only take one damage even after they're broken uh it's a mechanic that forces you to have characters with multi-hit skills yes now that particular mechanic doesn't matter when you get these free ones for watching because they can't run away yeah because they can't run away. But when you fight them in the wild, uh, it will. Because if you don't have characters that can hit multiple times, the Kate will just leave. Uh, Very high chance I feel, to flee. I feel real bad because I keep getting letters from a Kate and he gives me rubies. Yeah. And that's I'm a Kate be- scholar. These yeah, are not I'm, scholars. I'm beating up his friends and they're carrying books around. I feel like most of them are just carrying bags of gems. Oh, is that what's going on? I don't know. Maybe they're bags of books. I'm not looking in the bag. Man, I I I didn't want to like this game. I wanted to play it for a few weeks and then quit. Because it's a gotcha game. Mm-hmm. But it's a gotcha game that I literally am now at the point I've I I have I have 792 rubies and I'm like I I don't need to pull any characters. I guess I'll just save these. Yeah. I'm sitting on north of 2,000 at this point and feel no need to use them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the 1,000 range somewhere. Uh, And I think, Andrew, I'm very curious to see how you feel about it when you get farther in some of these stories. Very curious. You don't don't think that I'll like it? I don't know. I have no idea how you're going to feel about it. Oh. How far far are you, JJ, for for comparison? So I have completed all of Auguste-Sama's uh story so is I it marvelous finished marvelous oh, he would certainly say that it is i'm sure i love um, the metered uh ability I, to be like okay chapter one i kind of get what's going on but nothing is resolved it was that that was really cool yeah yeah andrew and let me tell you when you start chapter two starts with a recap so you remember what happened well nice. i assume because in jp they're just porting that over and there was a while in between in some cases, yes. So I think it's a great, uh, but it's great for me who played that chapter a week ago and forgot what had happened in this storyline because I was dealing with other ones. So I finished that entire storyline and I finished the wealth storyline completely. Okay. And I'm in the third chapter of what's the third one? Power. Power. Yeah. The I'm, in there. I'm in there somewhere. That's the one that uh, I have the lowest influence in, but 
but I still beat up the people in this town, trying to get them to give me stuff. Uh, the contend, the contend path action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. but I, yeah, uh, man, it, wow. <laughs> we'll have a discussion about the story when Andrew has seen more of it, because I think there are things to talk about. <sighs> All right, fine, I'll hurry up. Nah, but uh, take your time, I, man. That's the fun. Should I do memoirs? Should I just leave them for later? What's what's the memoir situation for real real quick? So the only thing about those is that you get rubies for them. Um, they don't really advance the story. They're mostly just fun little anecdotal fluff. It's Read flavor. This fluff and yeah. get rubies. Yep. You and, and you can skip through it too. If you long press on the screen, it'll just skip over the whole thing and you can go back and read it later if you just want the rubies. They they absolutely tell you that up front. Hey, just yep. hold down the screen, a little bar will appear. When the bar fills up, it skips the entire thing and you just get the rubies at the end. You know the so one thing you, I don't like about the game is uh being dictated to by a cat that changes words and then I have to go back and read and figure out what the heck they were trying to say because they <laughs> catified a word and I didn't understand it. That's my only complaint about the game. That's not a big complaint, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I hear you. I have trouble reading the the meowified words sometimes. Ah, there's some there's some free to play stuff going on. The fine feature is not friendly, but it might be a dang near perfect mobile game. I mean, you know, I, I am enjoying this for what it is, which is a game that I log in once a day and do these little dailies really quick. And I try to do maybe one chapter a day or part of one chapter a day when I have time. Yep. Yep. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's nice, nice little, you know, snack size bites. I, I will tell you, uh, and maybe this will lead some more discussion here. Uh, I lost a battle recently. No. Okay. How'd you one do that? of the one of the final bosses of one of the chapters. That was uh, the first bat- that was the first fight that I lost too. Has uh not just abilities and weaknesses and stuff. He does stuff and you need to do things in response to those things. And I was not diligent about that and also had come into the fight with not all my characters filled up HP and MP wise. Okay. Uh that was that was a mistake, I'll say. Uh, and let me tell you what happens when you die, uh, in case you didn't know. I don't know. Uh, it kicks you back to the last inn or whatever you rested at, uh, in or a nearby town or whatever. Uh, and let me tell you that that means then you have to run all the way back through that dungeon. That's a bummer. Yeah. But the the lamp has reset when you do. And uh, when you see one of those lamps that restores your, your HP and SP, use it because you know that a boss fight is coming up. Uh, so I saw one yep. and I was like, nah, because I'm level 30 and this story is level 10. But uh, it makes sense. And that's a cool feature. And so I was level 38 or something and the boss was in their 20s. And you and lost. Was not enough. Wow. Uh, was not enough. Wow. Yeah. The also, me- the to be fair. will get you. Yeah, to be fair, the mechanics were really what getting me. And to be fair, my party did not have many of the weaknesses the boss had. And oh, uh, that okay. turns out to be a bad combination of things when you need to do certain things in order to prevent, uh, say, people from just dying or whatever. Yeah, I, I so, have a yeah, feeling later well, on, uh, if you're getting close to the level caps, that you actually need to start paying attention to how to break people and the right timing for it. Definitely. And probably also like making sure you know in advance okay this boss is this and this and this 
and I need to bring people who can do those things and do them a lot and quickly kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but leveling people – I don't know how you level like eight more people, right? Like I don't, I don't currently have a knife guy in my party. So I think the way you do that is – well, one of the ways you could do it is go get one of those cates and bring a party of level one dudes to the cate. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Because the cate will never run away and the level of the cate is based on your highest level person even if they're not in the party. Okay. Uh, and so now you're getting 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 XP for your level one dudes, and that'll just bring them up to whatever So max, eventually probably. you should start making parties of your level ones and taking them to the find a, find a Kate fights. Yeah, because you'll you'll eventually reach the point where you're you're hitting level caps on some of your uh, your everyday use characters. That's a good point, yeah. And you and you probably won't have all the materials you need to break the caps and get your characters up, you know, many many more levels. At which point, then you know, hey, <laughs> yep, need to do something. All right. Uh, if you've tried out this game, Octopath Traveler: Champions of the Continent, let us know. I mean, we're not advertising for it. Um, it's literally just a game that, like I think JJ said last time. Took the group by storm. I, I I don't know how to not like it. It's it's well done. Where'd you email that? Tell us about it. Uh, you can send that to podcast at weweregamers.com. We will read these e- and also uh, talk. A, you want to hear more about e-bikes from Andrew? Uh, write that in. We're, we will... We'll talk about more. I'd talk about it. I would. I really would. If you, if people were like, uh, so how did you decide? I'd be like, okay, cool. 25 minutes. Here we go. Yeah. So, so send those to podcast at we were gamers.com or, um, find us on social media at we were gamers on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and all those sorts of nice places. Uh, and we're, we're on those places. Subscribe, hit that little bell, uh, to find out when our sweet videos go up. And they have been sweet recently, to be clear. People should check them out if they have not. We're working on it. 